Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, a roundtable discussion that's a mix of friendship, humor, unbridled enthusiasm, and tabletop RPG topics sent in from around the world. Just for Hello and welcome to Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, Season 30, Episode 14. My name is Kimmy. I'm Nick. I'm Jay. And I'm Adam. <laughs> and in tonight's episode, Ken asks when visual aids and minis start to ruin a campaign instead of adding to the experience. Muddy Boots in New York City asks about recognizing feral gamers. I'm not sure what that means, but we're going to figure it out. And Micah from Alaska asks about running one shots in preparation for JackerCon. Whoop, whoop. Yep. If you'd like to contribute a question or topic to the show, email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. And upcoming actual plays, we've started our new Kids on Brooms game, which is Hexbreakers. Yeah. Sorry, you're outnumbered, Nick, this yeah, week. Yeah, that's fine. Three of us are in that game. <laughs> it's uh, so good, y'all. It's and a lot of fun, yeah. I'll just yeah. read the next sentence. Yeah, you okay. agree. <laughs> um, so we've done our Session Zero really character creation, which is out already, um, both on podcast and uh, available available on video. And then this last Wednesday, like two nights ago, we played our first session. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. And it was funny because it was like one of those things where you're like, okay, kind of like a little rocky at first, but then like mm-hmm. by the end of the session, it just like totally clicked and we knew who we all were and yeah. how we interacted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I loved when the mystery finally kicked in. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Here we yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. And you could, it was that great like first session thing where you're, you're exploring your characters and you start you're just kind of dipping your toe into what that personality is going to be. And by the end, we all, I think we all felt and saw each other really clearly and, yeah. and we were really starting to vibe. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. yeah. So that's it's a lot good. of fun. And uh, not tomorrow, but next week, we're recording this on Friday, sorry, um, July 23rd, we're starting our new Quest RPG, which has a name now. It's called The Castoffs, which is a, a fantasy high seas adventures on Saturday nights, yes. starting July 23rd. Bow, 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 bow. And Nick's going to be in that one and running the, the system for us. So good job, Nick. Um, and yeah, and. Jason finally picked a name. So, yay. <laughs> so it's cast-offs because it's like kind of a pun because cast-off is like mm-hmm. a boat thing. And also like. Yeah. We're like, cast-offs. Yeah, you're we're trying to become our family. Misfits. Yeah. Nice. It's going to be very good. I think I'm very excited. And I'm excited to see how the Quest RPG plays long form. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. 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 I was yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah we a, did a one shot yeah. of it here uh, several weeks ago, and uh, and it was a lot of fun. But it was, yeah, but it 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 seemed more suited towards a or well, not. It, it's just we didn't get to explore yeah. long form yeah. of it. Yeah. So, and it, actually, I think it would probably work really well long form. There I were think. a lot of fun mechanics yeah. that you know we certainly didn't get enough of in that yeah. one shot. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm really excited cool. about yeah. that. And uh, coming up, we have JackerCon. It is. Nigh. JackerCon is nigh, friends, very soon. So July 22nd through the 24th, and you can go and find the games listed at happyjacks.org slash JC. It also has a link to 
going to the Discord to sign up. Right now we have, I think, 17 or 18 games being run. Um, so we have lots of opening for players in true Happy Jacks fashion. We have <laughs> like more people wanting to GM. So we have tons <laughs> of games available. We definitely need more people to come play. So come. It's free. It's super chill. It's very fun. Come and join. Check it out. You're going to meet a lot of cool people who are into mm-hmm. something that you're into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And we tend to have a lot of um, kind of off the wall or less mainstream games being played. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of great ones. They're all listed if you go to happyjacks.org slash JC. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm running a game and playing in a game. I'm finally going to get to play in um, Alice is Missing. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Which yeah. I haven't played before. I'm very yeah. excited to, to see it. I've read it all. I've seen yeah. people play it. I've never gotten to play it myself, though. So I'm very yeah. excited. And that's it, that's the silent game, right? You play entirely in a chat room yeah. in character in chat. Yeah. yeah. So it's like. Call back to my original role playing game. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. All right. AOL instant messenger game. Yeah, yep, exactly. PPP I was about to say ASL, Alice yeah. Silent Language. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh first email. This one's from Ken. Who wants to start reading it? I can take it. Okay. Go oh, Jay. Would you like to? No, Jay, go. Uh, okay. okay. All right, all right, here we go. Hey all. Let me start by saying I love the old Happy Jacks. I love the new Happy Jacks. It's all good. Thanks to the Jacker team for bringing all this amazing content and advice to those of us involved in the community. Okay, on to the topic. I've been GMing Savage Worlds for two groups for a few years, and only within the last few months have I finally begun to play. One member of each group agreeing to rotate out. We are doing arcs of three to six sessions rather than alternating sessions, as I feel that that would be pretty disjointed for the players to try to follow and stay engaged with. Uh, one of the GMs, a friend of my son, I'm running for him and his three friends, but they are all mid-20-year-old adults, is an extreme extrovert, college-trained uh, actor, and general center of attention. I mean that in a good way. And his GMing of NPCs is outstanding. Way better than me, and I've been GMing since the late 70s. However, here's the problem. I've also been a war gamer and a collector of figures, terrains, buildings, etc. Also since the 70s. Be feel for you. <laughs> we play in my game room, so the walls are covered with shelves and drawer units of literally thousands of figs of all time periods, buildings, ships, spaceships, hills and forests, and more. So, every time there is a new encounter, he tries to build the entire city street with figures everywhere. That would be cool if it was all set up ahead, but we ended up standing around for 10-minute stretches while he set up the new encounter. Every scene change. The next week, he showed up with a pretty large monitor under his arm and spent 20 minutes setting it up. Then he wanted to project images of NPCs and floor mats, which also took time. We, especially me as the experienced GM, constantly and gently stressed the joy of theater of the mind, but there was no impact on his mania. I do like visuals, even if it's a hand-drawn dry erase marker grid, uh, marker map on a grid, and I've created a six by four battlefield for a Weird War Two game. But it was the setup. Uh, but it was set up before the players arrived, and it was pretty much the whole session, including a Nazi Frankenstein-like monster bursting from the building, uh, the burning building on the hill in the middle of the table. But I otherwise try to keep it minimal and keep it moving. It is my collection, so if I need something specific, I know exactly where to find it. To be honest, since I've started running again after that guy's arc, I'm trying to work even more theater of the mind. 
What has been your experience with tech, toys, and theater of the mind aside from online gaming? Do you feel it adds to the game? And what is too much? Thanks again for keeping this gem of a podcast going strong. You guys are awesome. Ken, P.S. I'm starting on my next email now. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I have a lot to say on this one. Do you want me to say? Crack, crack it open. <laughs> Go for it. Crack the seal. You were about to say something, though, Kimmy. Did you want to? No, I just said, like, I feel, I feel oh, this. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so there, there's two ways that, that I want to kind of go with this. And, and one is, uh, you know, one is the theater of the mind and all that, which we'll get to in a second. Um, but, but I want to take a minute to just point out some, uh, some flags that I see as a neurodivergent, uh, introvert as well. Um, it, you know, I, I see some indications here of some of the things that, uh, um, that me and other neurodivergent introverts that I've known, um, it kind of uses coping mechanisms to deal with, you know, painful shyness and insecurity. And, um, and so, so the, the first thing I would say is, um, it, you know, uh, allow a little grace for this person that they may be dealing with some, um, you know, with some, uh, mental states that are new for them. And, uh, and that, and they may be using this as a way to compensate or co. Um, for example, I grew up, uh, playing alone out in the middle of the farm in Oklahoma with my GI Joe figures. And, and that was my primary means of play, uh, is, is by myself in a whole bunch of GI Joes. And, uh, you know, I, I also like took them apart and rearranged their pieces, which was my intro into costume design. Um, and, and you know, but I would like, I would act out massive scenes with them. I also gave the, turned them all into superheroes and, and, you know, and gave them powers, but, but that was a, for me as a shy kid, also as a, a somewhat lonely kid, uh, you know, um, even though I had my brother and my cousins not too far away, they were all like masculine and sporty. And I'm like, I want to read comic books and draw and, you know, paint my GI Joes. And so what I, what I learned to do in a lot of ways was to take my my play and and um and use that as a focus for or a substitute for my social anxiety so so i can see a real possible scenario here where where this person does have some introversion does uh might be uh, uh might have some difficulty feeling like they belong and uh and it um and it has nothing to do with like uh, you know, the whole thing about being the center of attention and being an actor, like, obviously, when I tell people I'm an introvert, most people's first reaction is that is impossible. Um, but I truly am. Uh, and a I lot. Think, oh, I sorry, think yeah. I'm going to push back a yeah, little bit on that. Uh -huh. Yes, that's absolutely a possibility. There's also a possibility. Um, like they are a lot of performers are introverts and are a mm -hmm. way of compensating I tend to be a extrovert in small amounts or when I'm doing something I'm very familiar with mm -hmm. in brand new situations. I'm very much an introvert. My husband is very much an introvert at pretty much all times, uh -huh. but he also like, he almost became an actor and he did become a director. Like it's, there's a lot of introverts who go into that, Yeah, but I'm not reading and I could be wrong, but he talks so much about how great he is at GMing. It doesn't seem like he's, 
just, he's not comfortable. Now it can still be something like that, but people also just, especially when they're new to the hobby, yeah. get really into the toys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, where I was going to go next. Yeah. So I'm glad you're, yeah. Yeah. yeah but you said it. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. And, and especially if they are into theater or film or something like that, where mm-hmm. they're used to that visual component and not using as much theater of the mind, they may just be like trying to make sure you know exactly what is in their brain. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the blocking is exactly right and all those things. So they're basically creating their own like play for you. So everyone yeah. knows where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, there is great stuff with that. Mm-hmm. I've also like, <laughs> I've been in some games with people who a hundred percent like went way overboard and had like, video screams of an of an ocean underneath like a an actual boat and going <laughs> like back the to videos the videos animated and yeah, <laughs> yeah. no 100% yeah. we're like lighting and like every you know mm-hmm. I, yeah. I like the part where you're like okay I get to paint my mini and this is what I look like but you know if you have a map great but there's a point where it starts getting like to push back like the people at the table who are also maybe neurodivergent like Mm -hmm. lose interest oh yeah yeah like for me like i did one where there was like an animated map which i at first i thought was the best thing ever (laughs) and then i sat there watching it and suddenly like what are you doing kimmy oh i have no idea what's happening right now (laughs) yeah no idea Um, (laughs) and it just like if you spend so much time like pulling up an exact picture of this is what the npc looks like where you could have been like oh you know and just kind of described him and it would have been fine because you know, they we're never going to meet them again. Like if you have, a, right. if you've like Strahd, like please show me the sexy, the sexy picture of Strahd. <laughs> like I'm, I'm cool with that. Yes. But like I don't need to know what Bill the Baker, who we're never going to see after the scene, looks like. I don't right. care. Yeah. So I think having a conversation with them about picking and choosing, and like, mm-hmm. hey, let me know what's you know, if there's a scene that's really important that we know exactly what's happening, great. Or asking them to show up ahead of time. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's so, what I was gonna say is just come, come, come a little early. Be prepared. Um, and I, I think, uh, I think, yeah, what you said about picking and choosing, like which maps do you want to set up, and which maps do you want to just have it be a screen with the map on it. Don't worry mm-hmm. about setting up pieces on the screen. Just let it be what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that a big part of it is uh, Ken says that this individual is mid twenties. Mm-hmm. And I know that in my mid twenties, if I walked into the basement as described here with all of that <laughs> Ooh, stuff, yeah, I right? would absolutely want to play with every single one of those. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. want to mm-hmm. bust out all the minis. I want to do all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and you would be going through the checklist, right? Like, okay, I've used right. that one in that drawer. Right. How am I going to use that one in that drawer? <laughs> I want to use that one exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to write absolutely. all that out. But but the, I I think that there's like there is something to be said for that, and, mm-hmm. and it is it is cool to have the maps and everything ahead. The not being prepared ahead of time because these don't yeah. belong to belong to him. Yeah. He can't, you know, he hasn't used them the way that that Ken has presumably mm-hmm. for all this time. Um, obviously that that's cutting into the game time. Yeah. Um, if you want to do something cool like set up a screen and have a preloaded, you know, book of the of the mm-hmm. pictures mm-hmm. you want to show or the things like that, that's great. But don't make that part of someone else's playtime. Right. Yeah. Show mm-hmm. up twenty minutes early and figure out the bugs, or better yeah. yet. Figure out the bugs ahead of time at your own place mm-hmm. and at your own pace and bring it over so you can just plug and play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid that, like, if it doesn't work after five or ten minutes, 
then mm. go, well, I guess we're not going to do that. Yeah. And no one, no one, I guarantee you, no one at the table is going to say, well, you didn't have a full PowerPoint presentation for me right. to know yeah. everyone in yeah. the village, so yeah. mm, I'm kind of yeah. out. Right, yeah. How well, am I going to role play when I don't have every single building right. on the floor? Yeah, yeah. right. And I think, you know, what uh, What Ken says about, um, uh, like, uh, his GMing of NPCs is outstanding, uh, way better than me. And and I think, to you know, that kind of indicates that this is that acting talent coming out. Yeah. And, and what this kid may not, I say kid, but what this young <laughs> adult person may not realize. No, kid. It's, I'm almost 50. I can call 20 or something as a kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... What this young person may not realize is that the other people at the game are probably way more interested in engaging in this incredible acting talent than they are in in doing the the mini gaming, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, or or maybe not. Maybe it's maybe everybody at the game wants to actually play minis and they just want it to go faster. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and that's that's something that I think is best had with the conversation and in t- maybe maybe this is a good uh opportunity to uh to teach this new gm about like hey you know have conversation it's important to have conversations with the play- the other people at the table to you know maybe find out like cuz some people do get really uh really bored with the setup, right? And you're losing people. So maybe you want to, uh, maybe you want to find out what would they prefer. And this is a good way for this person to learn how to have conversations, uh, which is really one of the best things you can do as a new GM to learn how to GM better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Ken, you should also like take the time to figure out, are you the only one who's annoyed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It's yeah. possible that you are. Maybe yeah. everyone else is so interested in your amazing con- collection because let's yeah. just be straight here. It's your fault for having too cool. <laughs> right? You're too cool, Ken. Yeah. This is the problem. Um, you know, if everyone else is having a great time and yeah. really loves that he's doing all this extra stuff, great. Definitely have the conversation about not wasting playtime. Yeah. Because... Yeah, right. That's kind of bullshit. If if you only get together once a week or once every two weeks and someone is spending half an hour setting up those sessions, that's 30 more minutes you could be playing rather than waiting for someone to go through the drawers and pull out all the stuff. I would would try and talk to him and see if maybe you can convince him just to do one as a set piece. Like Mm -hmm, when you do mm -hmm. come into the big, to use Strata's example because it came up earlier. If you just want to get to the big showdown in the chapel in Strahd and you want to put that out on the table so that everyone can see exactly where the pews are mm-hmm. and where I can hide and what I can affect all this stuff, great. Go yeah. for that. But don't – like no one cares about really what the tavern looks like. No mm-hmm. one cares about when you went and saw to the king and he gave you this quest or whatever. Yeah. Don't bother setting that stuff up. Let us just go, you know what a throne room looks like? It's one of those. <laughs> and there he is. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, and Ken, if, um, you know, just a couple of suggestions. I mean, if you want to, I don't know how long you played, but if you're playing for mm-hmm. like two, three hours, a half hour of setup is pretty significant cutting yeah. at that time. Yeah. Right? So, um, if, if, uh, if this other GM is really enthused about using terrain and such, um, maybe have them be selective about it instead of every single building. Mm-hmm. What's the one important building? Yeah. What's the one keystone to this encounter or to this mm-hmm. scene that you set that up, right? Instead of everything else around it. Uh, and if, 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 if it, you know, if, if they're, if they've got big plans, 
again, have them plan it in advance, maybe talk to you about which pieces they're going to need for the next session so that you yeah. can make some suggestions. I know this is a little bit of work, but mm-hmm. this is something that you can finesse as you progress with your campaigns yeah. and, and as this GM is learning. Um, uh, and and, and if, if there's one last thing, if there's setup, that's a great time to do a bio break. Say, okay, I got to yeah. set up the next encounter. Everybody oh, yeah. go get a drink, go use the bathroom, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I, I was going to tag into that, that it, it might be, this might be a, a good opportunity to bond with this person, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and like mm-hmm. it, say like, hey, why don't you start coming over like half hour early and and let me help you do the setup. And, you know, and and those are times when you can have those conversations about, you know, hey, is this, you know, talk to talk to your players about about jamming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this also could be a symptom of a lot of what people see on streams mm-hmm. especially with a lot mm-hmm. of younger players yeah they watch things um like critical role and things like that that have to be completely honest like crews of people like right. matt mercer doesn't sit there before the show and mm-hmm. set up all mm-hmm. the minis yeah. like no he used to but he doesn't anymore yeah, <laughs> yeah. they have everything they set have up people. on a board yeah, yeah. And they yeah. lift the first board up and they put yeah. the next board on everything's right. already yeah. on there because they can afford to have five of yeah. everything because it's given to them so that it'll be on their, their show yeah. it's part of the sponsorship so i feel like that could also be an expectation mm-hmm. that the person mm-hmm. this person is thinking of as good gms do this yeah Right. Yeah. So maybe talk to them about, you know, tap into that theater experience and talk to them like, okay, when you see a musical or a play, like black box theater can be amazing. Right. And you have this incredibly beautiful moving scene that you know is happening in this, you know, Mm-hmm. A, a cafe in Paris yeah. between these two lovers. But really, it's a black you know, stage with two cute chairs. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 But yeah. the audience knows what's there and they buy into it because yeah. they're there to buy into it. Right. And players are the same. They're, they are there yeah. to buy into the story. Yeah. I think that the connecting this to their acting training is a really good idea because like, I'll guarantee you most of their acting training, they're working with like a couple of black painted wooden boxes and Mm -hmm. maybe a couple of chairs Mm -hmm. and they have to set up entire scenes with that. And, and you, when you're, when you're acting, you know, you can tell an amazing story with just a couple of black wooden boxes. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and and so that's the kind of energy that he may want to like shift more towards this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, Ken record this part. I'm going to count down five, Four, three, two, one. Hi, Ken's son's friend. The game you're doing is not on Broadway. It's a black box. Enjoy. Go indie theater. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Totally. Right? Totally. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Also, we've solved the problem. Right? Yeah. Also, introduce them to Happy Jack's actual place where we yeah. don't do shit. It is yeah. all theater. The uh, true. Yeah, and you know what? Here's here's another thing. Actually, interesting that you mentioned. You know high profile streams with big setups mm-hmm. i don't ever watch them i only ever listen to them <laughs> the point. Yeah. i have them playing in the background i laugh at the jokes i gasp at the epic moments yeah but i don't care what they have on there yeah, yeah. because it's really if, if it's if the gameplay is good if the story is good it'll stand on its own feet yeah right but you are an experienced gamer who knows 
and is used to theater of the mind. This is yeah. true. This is true. So if this person isn't used no, to that's that, true. That's then true. it can be hard when you yeah. first, but I mean, talk to them about like reading. Right. You read stuff, you listen to an audiobook or, yeah. or read it. You yeah. Don't, right. Yeah. If they're, if they're a trained actor, I'm sure yeah. they've done play readings. Yeah. They yeah. Do. yeah. This is Table in reads. their wheelhouse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100% yeah. is. Yeah. 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 This totally I mean, got playing with, uh, with actors it is like, that is one of the greatest things that can happen as a gamer. I, the, the summer I spent at the Oregon Sh- or the Utah Shakespeare Festival <laughs> and playing D and D all summer long with some of the lead actors <laughs> and some of the cast. It was like our cleric was like playing Lear. So it's like <laughs> we got the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. But uh, one other thing that I want to bring up is possible generational gap mm-hmm. here in that, um, you know, uh, the, this generation, unlike those of like, say, Ken's generation or mine, a lot of times they they're used to entertaining themselves for a few minutes and they need it. And so, you know, uh, what I would do is kind of watch and the next time there's a like 10 to 20 minute setup break, look at the other uh, the other players who are that age. Are they pulling out their phones and catching up on TikTok or, you know, or chats or, you know, uh, or other things that this generation just is naturally a, like they just shift back and forth. It's so quick and they're, it's ridiculous. I have no idea how they do it, but, um, but it, it may be a case that, that they are, they are all like fine with this break because mm-hmm. that's, that's their chance to catch up on the, the intense, uh, you know, phone life <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that everybody okay. has now, you know? Yeah. So. I, it's funny. Cause like, I wonder if I had a huge collection of stuff that I didn't have to buy. Yeah. If I would also be more into doing that, but I'm just like, um, I could, I, I don't have the, I'm not going to spend money on that. No. Cause I'm going to use it like one time. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. I yeah. mean, I have a bunch of minis that I have painted. They're all beautiful right. and yeah. I never use them. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I agree with Nick. This is Ken's fault. You shouldn't have that cool fucking <laughs> Too cool of a collection. Yeah. yeah. I'm serious. Yeah. If I walked into that, I'd be like, okay, I kind of want to DM now. I'm so, like uh, all this. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So, so our answer, our answer then I think is coming down to Ken, you need to have a yard sale. There you go. <laughs> and, yeah. and that'll no? take care of the problem. No, Ken. that's terrible. No. <laughs> Ken, you need to donate your collection to Happy Jacks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then everyone will be happy. It'll be yep. great. Yep. Yeah. Right we can in. Start we'll, doing, we'll, we can start doing more elaborate stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. We'll give you a P.O. box. It'll be fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> to, to get to the real answer to the question, the, mm. the point where it, uh, where it, it is too much is when it becomes unfun. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and and if everybody's hanging out and having a good time, and uh, while while the setup is happening, that's cool. Um, but if if it's just you not having a good time, then that's something that you deserve to be able to express to the others too. Um, but also recognize it may not be everybody's experiences uh, mm-hmm. at the table. And the best solution to all of this is everybody at the table talk with each other uh, about what is that balance you have between theater, of the mind and the minis and, uh, you know, and let everybody have the space to have their own ideas about what they enjoy about it. So all right. Email two. I'll take it. Okay. Here, why don't we split it? it... No, I, I, I think I can take it. Okay. Well, I mean, I know you can. <laughs> but I want, I want to, like, give everyone an opportunity to read. Okay. So why don't you read the first one and then question one and then it, we'll answer it and then we'll all read question two. Okay. If that's fair. I mean, you you can do the sure. whole thing. 
I talk a lot. You read the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need to talk more. We all know this about me. Hello, Happy Jack's crew. Even Hello. though I fully understand the... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I forgot the pause. Hello, Happy Jack's crew. Hi. <laughs> Even though I fully understand the whole change in venue, my own head cannon, which is a cannon that protrudes from his forehead, <laughs> as spelled, requires that I say, "Good job, Stu. You got kicked off your own podcast." Good job. You're I'm writing. I'm writing to you from semi-post-apocalyptic NYC, where the theater world has mostly survived the start of the new year and come out from under the bed. The last two years have shaken things up considerably with people deciding to retire or that life in the arts isn't as glorious as they had imagined. The upside is that there is room for a lot of people, young and old, to give it a shot. This means a steady parade of new people through our call list, and a lot of them are gamers. Woo! Woo! I know this is probably a shock to most of you that theater people are gamers. I, I I'm glad I was sitting. What? <laughs> I love... Okay, just going back, like, Adam's like, I love gaming with actors and theater people like this one time that isn't us I'm like <laughs> thanks oh yeah. let me tell you yeah. how awesome yeah. all my previous gaming groups were yeah <laughs> all us ren fair performers we're not actually actors oh, we uh. don't count <laughs> love you just kidding no, no no i'm i'm with you <laughs> If we're not here to poke each other, why, why are we here? Why are right? we to drink? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And tell people what to do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Important it, knowledge. Those are my three favorite things. Poking people, drinking, and telling oh, people yeah. what to do. Usually <laughs> all three at the same time. In various time. combinations, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because even the carpenters at my theater could give a tinker's damn about sports ball, the working chatter has is decidedly nerdcore, which is a welcome relief. Trek, Wars, Rings, Thrones, Gate, Marvel, DC, Who, all common topics. Even Vern, Vance, and Vonnegut get brought up. I need a pool ball-sized red D20 on the top of my... I'm sorry, I keep a pool-sized ball red D20 on top of my workbox and a printout of the last transmission from the Free Trader Beowulf posted on the door, which is fantastic, by the way. I, I love that. <laughs> uh, there are effective gamer detectors that go unnoticed by the oblivious. Once in a while, I slip an experimental equipment requisition and computer loyalty test form into the employment <laughs> documents if I suspect someone of being disloyal to the, co- um, I mean, of being a gamer. Now, sometimes it's easy, like the young woman who arrived in a Vampire the Mascara raid shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I need to find that shirt. Yeah, I need to find that shirt. Yes, right? Oh mascara raid. <laughs> So good. That well, is the best. That's a person I want to be my friend. Absolutely. I just want to find her so I can beat her up and take her shirt. Right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, or win it like in a LARP. Oh, yeah. 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 Just buy it off her. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, clearly a gamer with self knowledge. She's also a great stagehand all around her who dives into brutal work with What a Beautiful Day. <laughs> her nicknames are alternatively Black Thumb and Furiosa due to her hairstyle and an eye wiping with dirty hands incident. <laughs> <laughs> I want to meet this person. I yeah. know. Yeah. Awesome. She is a newest GM who would rather run than play and the one who started the discussion I'm about to present. Question one. What analog, uh, parentheses, non-net methods have you used to detect feral gamers? Now, 
uh, when we first read this, we weren't quite sure what was meant by feral gamers. But I think after that introduction, yeah. I yeah. understand yeah. a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Yes. gamers in the wild. So yes, yeah. too. Yeah. What I want to open with is those of us who are olds. <laughs> way back in the eighties, it was nowhere near as accepted God, and no. mm-hmm. or uh, visible, really, or, or yeah. visible. Yeah. yeah. And and I remember what I used to do because I was uh, surprise a nerdy kid who was not into sports ball. And always had a book with with him reading and, uh, you know, all that sort of stuff. Again, glad I'm sitting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Stuffing. But one of the ways that I used to do it back then was I would, I always had a book with me. Yeah. And I always had it shoved in my back pocket because paperbacks are great that oh, way. Mm-hmm. If I was going into a place that I didn't think was going to be safe or productive, I would turn it upside down and name in towards me. So all it was just like upside down little writing from the blurb on the back of the mm-hmm. cover. Yeah. If I was going somewhere that I thought people might be interested or was, quote, safe, I would flip it around so that the title was visible over my pocket. Or at least the uh, author's name. Or right? the Get author's name, the right. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah, that yeah. anyone who was who would be see it would be like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah. I don't know what's yeah. going on there. Yeah. So that, that was a way back... Uh, Use method of finding feral. Yeah, feral yeah. 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 Kimmy over there dreaming of uh, clothing with pockets big enough for a paperback. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like being a girl, Kimmy? <laughs> Pocketless. Right. You'd have to cut the book in half. Okay. Right? Yeah. Even that, and then rip off like half of it. You know? right? Okay. Yeah. Side just, note: just the cover. That you yeah. yeah they're perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Just get a T-shirt with a picture of the book on it. Right. Because yeah. if it's on my boob area, then it will. Be- <laughs> right. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like side rant buying my daughter clothes she's two like already the shorts are completely different lengths for girl yeah. and boy oh, shorts wow. yeah, yeah. that's bullshit it's, like and i'm talking yeah. like four inches of difference oh like my God. not like a little frilly or a yeah. color like literally the girl shorts are like Two or three inches above her knee, and the boy, the boy shorts, which are just plain shorts, yeah. like go like to her knee or slightly past her knee. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like. I hope you're just getting her the ladder shorts. Oh yeah, 100%. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because yeah. she yeah. she runs around and falls a lot. Right. But yeah. like, just the number of scars she'll have from having yeah. the itsy bitsy girl shorts. It's right. just like, yeah, sorry. There yeah. are no differences in body shapes at, mm-hmm. at two. At two yeah, years definitely old. not. Yep. Oh my god! Exactly. There's the no same. reason for the clothes to be any different. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah it's so uh, okay. Anyway, okay. So smashing the patriarchy. Yes. 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 Good, one good one child at a time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I mean, obviously, I don't think that level of discretion is necessary any longer. Uh, thank goodness. Yeah. But I think that what you've already talked about are great ways to kind of identify gamers. Mm-hmm. Put not necessarily the same pop culture that kind of everyone's going to know by osmosis, but go like one level deeper yeah. and see if people catch the reference. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like fly your own beacon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I, uh, oh, good. Uh, I was just going to say, like, um, uh, you know, a lot of people are not going to recognize uh, or, or a lot of people might have a stark dire wolf uh, uh, sticker on their stuff. Right. But fewer people are going to have like a Targaryen dragon, for example, you know, it's, it, it, like as as one of those like worlds that's kind of known in the mm. common common parlance now yeah. you know? the mundane right yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah there were lots of people who are not normal typical fantasy 
fans who got into Game of Thrones and they might have, uh, you know, uh, yeah, they might have a Stark symbol, but they're less likely to have the Targaryen or the... After season the, eight. Yeah. Or the, yeah. You'll, what you'll see right. is you'll see like a place where there was a Targaryen sticker yeah. on their car <laughs> and they've scraped it's it off. Or yeah. stickered over. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but I think that's a good call. House Greyjoy is probably even yeah. oh, like I can right? see because yeah. dragons, everyone likes dragons yeah. and stuff. Right. But like, yeah, but if you're walking around with the with the, the squid kraken, yeah, right, yeah. Well, I feel so. like what I used to do, and when I was um, doing online dating, I had like a little quiz on my profile, mm. like, hey, if you score above this, because I'm a fucking teacher, it's yeah. such a thing, <laughs> and it was like. You know, do you own a D20? Do you? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was all these random mm-hmm. questions that without context, you weren't going to get it. Um, mm-hmm. And truth be told, my husband missed that question, <gasps> but he thought it was like a camera lens. So it was still like <laughs> in, and he got like all the other questions about Tolkien and everything. Right. right. So it was yeah. like, OK, you're forgiven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I tend to kind of do that if I'm like suspicious, if I think someone might be a gamer, I'd yeah. be like. If, and we're just talking. I'm like, oh, you failed that role. Like, if they miss something right. up, yeah, 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 that's what I was gonna say. Oh, you, yeah, you got plus one on your charisma today. I see yeah. something like that. You know, you're sneaking a reference, right? Yeah, and if yeah. people are like, and they don't say anything, you're like, okay, yeah. they either didn't get that, you right. know, that idiom, or they're just gonna like ignore it. But um, yeah, I think yeah. I feel like that's like the sly way to see. Uh-huh. Um, and generally stick to D and D references because yeah. that's much more you know yeah more likely to yeah and yeah. then if they're like oh I don't play D and D anymore you then you good say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're good and if they say oh I do out of it then you know I need to never talk to this person again and if they say I'm all into PBTA now you're like you're my new friend yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but I, my that was a ten plus <laughs> right <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Um, I want to toss in, uh, I used to travel a lot for work. Like every week I would be at some new airport here and there. And all the time I would, I would wear, you know, granted I would wear a D and D t-shirt, you know, because Mm -hmm. that's where I came from. That's what I had. And everywhere I would travel, somebody would be like, Oh, you play D and D. So really the best thing Mm -hmm. you can do to detect feral gamers is to, if not like we're on a full sheet, like, hi everybody, (laughs) not we're on the full t-shirt. Right. Wearing something like what Kimmy has, which has yeah, like right? just that shape of the D20. Yeah. If you mm-hmm. have something with the shape of that D20 and they're a gamer, they will know yeah. what that is. And they'll be like, oh, you play role-playing games. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. I certainly do. Yeah. yeah. The big ampersand. Like, uh-huh. The big ampersand is a lot. Like yeah. I, I've, I've, yeah. I've traveled where I have like my D&D hat, my ampersand shirt, and my <laughs> D&D backpack. And then I go to the bathroom and I'm watching Mans and I'm like... I kind of uh, did it. Um, well, yeah, I didn't. I didn't wear a shirt, but I do have my bag, bag of holes. Yes, right. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's a great one. And usually, yeah. my 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 comeback to that is I pull out a D twenty from my pocket and I say, "Have a D twenty. It was great meeting you. <laughs> Tell me about your experience. That's great. Keep oh, that's doing cool. it. Yeah. Let more people play. You know, explore more yeah. games. Yeah, yeah. You're in an air, I can just see you like in airports proselytizing. Right. P- oh, PTRPG. every chance I can. That's I, amazing. You know uh, oh, oh, sorry. That's my flight. Rocks fall. Everybody dies. Everybody dies. <laughs> my favorite story. My favorite story. I'm flying. I, I, you know, I visit some folks in Massachusetts one year, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I, I happen to just go to this outlet mall store, and there's one of these. This before oh. these things got popular. It's a dice tray. Yeah, these yeah. are dice trays for those who are listening. Yeah. They were travel valets yes. sold at various places, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I found one of them. 
and I bought it, and I'm like, this makes a great dice tray. It collapses. I can stick it in my bag. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm preparing an Adventures League module for a con on the airplane, and the two people next to me say, "Hey, you play D and D?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm reading a, an adventure right now." They're like, "You want to play? We've got a four hour flight." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it. let's do it. I feel like I had an adventure prepared, so I pulled out the stat blocks. I pull out my thing. We start passing it down the row. Uh, you know, I pull out my my new dice tray, snap it together, and that way you can roll dice without it like rolling off the table yeah, and like uh, falling to the back of the plane. Yeah, we just I ran him through like a little yeah. you know four hour homebrew game. Oh, uh, that's so brilliant! It was that's great. it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was. But, uh, Kind of a side story. Did you have something to like? Meaningful I know I'm going to tell a, another side story that's relevant, but, okay. meaning, but yeah. So the the time my mom like realized that the podcast I was on like actually was listened to by people was <laughs> when we were going. She and I were going to China. Like I was like mid twenties. The podcast was a few years old, mm-hmm. and uh, we're getting on the plane and like. This person's sitting a few down, like a seats down from us, and he pulls out like a laptop. There's no Wi-Fi in the plane because it's we're flying to China, and he starts playing a game. And I kind of, oh hey, I love that. I don't even remember what it was, but I was like, hey, I love that game. And we started talking. And he's like, you sound really familiar. <laughs> and it's one of those things. And like half, I mean, it was a forever long. It's like a 14 hour flight. Yeah. So it's one of those situations where he find like. Like two hours into the flight, he's like, "Wait, I think I think I listened to your podcast," and it's like <laughs> cool, but also like a little awkward because it's like, "Well, we've got twelve hours left of yeah, this. Yeah, I'm gonna sleep. Please don't watch me while I do that." He was he was very cool. Like yeah, he was yeah. not creepy, but it was kind of funny. My mom was like, "We're on a plane with a person who's listened to your thing." <laughs> people listen to your thing yeah. talking about the games and i was like yes mom. <laughs> yes but uh it was kind, kind of, of that a big deal mom yeah it was sort of that same thing where like his activity like launched a general conversation where it's like hey yeah. we have this thing in common. Oh, oh we have a lot in common oh you know exactly who i am and you know a lot about me yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool this is fine right yeah. that one-way relationship going right. yeah yeah <laughs> It was, it was, he was lovely. Yeah. I don't remember his name. I apologize if you're still listening, but it was a lovely flight. It made it yeah. much more interesting and it impressed the shit out of my mom. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so extra points. Yeah. yeah. So but, if, if it is you and you can prove it, catch us at a con yeah. and right. we'll buy you a beer. I will yes. buy you a beer. So, um, yeah, it was yeah. very fun. But yeah, just yeah. that, like the fact that he was doing the computer, like laptop yeah. thing. Yeah. Like, I feel like, I mean, everybody has laptops and stuff now, yeah. and they're always on them. Yeah. But just seeing somebody else do a thing that you recognize, it's like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, if they have a sticker on their laptop or a pin on their lapel or right. a bag, yeah. you know, that's that's the easiest totally. way. Totally. Easiest way to spot them. <laughs> so, and certainly fly your own flag. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fly, uh, best yeah. way to, best way to. And especially now, you're most likely not going to get beat up for it. Whereas yeah. when I was in high school, like, you yeah. could. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I want to tell my favorite story of, uh, of hunting for feral gamers. So, uh, so back when I was in grad school, my friend Zach and I, uh, we had discovered that we both were gamers and we desperately wanted to start a group. And Zach is also an actor and, and fantastic. So, so, um, so I was really excited. And this was uh, after I had come back from my summer at Utah Shakespeare Festival. So I was like, really like, yes, let's play some D&D. 
And um, and he had one other person that was going to play, but it was just the three of us. And it was like, well, we we really need at least just one other person, right, to to get a good solid D and D game. And and so we had spent weeks just trying to figure out, like, you know, and just you know, frequently asking other people in the theater department, like, do you play D and D? No, mm-hmm. oh, you know, and getting those like, oh God, no, I didn't know you were that, and. <laughs> So, yeah. so we're hanging out on the loading dock one day, which is where everybody went out to smoke and, and Zach and I were both smokers. And so, so we were chain smoking and talking about how awesome our D and D game was going to be if we could just find one other person. And, uh, and, and, uh, this guy that was in the department named Ben walked up. And those of you who know Ren Fair, uh, um, you know, will know Ben, uh, as he generally goes to the Southern Ren Fair as, uh, Radagast the Brown. So, mm. so a lot of the boggards know him, et cetera. So, um, so for those who don't know Ben, uh, Ben is, Ben had, uh, at the time had kind of long shoulder length, uh, hair and, uh, and a beard and wore a, you know, uh, a very worn brown trench coat and, uh, you know, um, and, uh, and Ben came up and started talking to us and we were talking about some random thing. And, uh, and, and then Ben left and Zach and I looked at each other and we're like, oh my God, Ben, look at him. Of course he plays D and D. He looks like every one of our D and D playing friends. <laughs> and so we like, uh, we, you know, we uh, toss our cigarettes. We go running after him. We, we chase him down on the sidewalk and we're like, Ben, 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 do you play Dungeons and Dragons? And he's like, no, I do not. And, you know, and we're just crestfallen. We're like, how could we have been so wrong? And he goes, but I have read all of the books and I've always wanted to. <laughs> and we were like, Ben, come to us, our brother. And yeah, so we took Ben in and, and like, and, and that was the foundation of our D&D game. And that turned into this massive thing. By the end, we were like, turning people away we're like we do not have room for another uh another person in the group but um but it started with uh, you know with uh with ben and and um and the other three of us but but yeah it's like sometimes you just don't know until you ask and and some there are people out there who are just kind of hoping someone will ask so if, if you're capable of like approaching somebody and asking them you know, I think several of these stories basically went with one person had the guts to kind of say, hey, do you? And that's kind of what starts it. So, yeah. Anyway. Okay. So I, and I, I love you, Ben. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's question one. So now yeah. to continue. Furiosa, who's also known as Black Thumb and wore the fantastic T-shirt Vampire the Mascara Raid, which I just want to <laughs> reference again, but also refresh everyone since we've gone off on yeah. big tangents. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm still just almost giggling about that. <laughs> uh, ask the room, does anyone make their own adventures? I decided to listen for a while. It was revealed that everyone played or ran 5e D&D adventure paths as currently published, with one exception, all ran Watsy products. That exception was a young guy who loved the AD&D modules retooled for 5e. He ranted about OSR and how everyone was missing the point as we broke for lunch <laughs> I got actively pulled into the conversation. Most of them knew that I played RPGs, and a couple knew that I started over 40 years ago. 
I am a contemporary of Stu and Stork, and I started playing AD&D before the Dungeon Master's Guide was published. Three booklets plus chainmail, Holmes basic set, soft plastic dice from a school supply company. I was there. <laughs> I remember... <laughs> I'm just going to go off on a uh, lasers glittering off the Omega Cluster, if you can see what I've seen with your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I remember buying my little black books and dying in character creation. OSR? Don't call it a comeback. It's been here for years. I went into my counter rant, listing the problems with the OSR concept and my preference for modern games. I pontificated on the history and development of how AD&D in particular was a system for making games. After I finished my first breath and I realized that wasn't the question on the table, I hit on something. These kids didn't grow up with the development of RPGs. They came into a world with dozens and dozens of complete and supported yeah. rules, sets, and settings. Yeah. They learned from the internet, not word of mouth. They had production values, assumptions that they couldn't easily meet. In short, they were afraid to do what I took for granted. They were afraid to in-house rules and just make it all up. Wow. Which is actually kind of a really good point. Yeah, mm -hmm. like there's there's mm -hmm. a whole difference when you're out, you're in the wild west and you're helping to create and consume yeah. and all of yeah. that versus kind of the packaged deal that that we all that we all see now. Yeah, well, especially if you're in a smaller area that might not have access to all the mm -hmm. stuff that's out there. You know, you might just have the basic stuff. And you really can right. just go off that. Yeah. In four plus decades, gaming has evolved so much, and production values of rules books, adventures. As rules books, adventures, and general game products have gone well beyond what we even imagined possible in the 80s. So many people have devoted millions of human hours to developing the hobby. Games can be so specific now that you can choose a feeling and express it playing a specific group of women at a specific historical time and location, like Night Witches. It's a complete game. In our current world, new players are crippled by choice. Drowning in riches, we had to make it up and make a game playable. We were game punks. We did it my we did it ourselves. Nobody knew which page I'm supposed to be looking at here because these are very long. Uh, exactly what it is. Right? But That's three we're on four. four. Okay. I got confused because they're double sided this time. Last week they were single sided, so I'm just saying. I mean, I suppose it's better for the planet and for the pocketbook, but I thought the but, numbers. But what were about enough. me? They're they're about me. <laughs> no, no, we don't use Unic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we were game punks. We did it ourselves. Nobody knew exactly what right was. We didn't need permission. These particular new players do. It's also not their fault. Question two. Have you experienced any of this from any angle? What are your thoughts? I'm going to go ahead and finish up the thing, and then yeah, I think okay. we can yeah. talk about question two. Uh, I prescribed a weekly dose of Happy Jacks. I also recommended Dan and Wayne, Sean and Brett, and some COC players in the UK. Don't worry, we'll go out and bleep those uh, in, the, in post. <laughs> uh, for, for those of you who don't know, that's the Fear the Boot crew, the BS and Gaming crew, although they've just retired their podcast now. Oh. Um, so they're actually doing a new one, GM Mastermind, which is a new one from one of them. And then I have no idea who the Call of Cthulhu players, yeah, which... players in the UK are. There's a couple of those, so I don't know. Right. Uh, then at the end of the day, in proper stage hand and gamer fashion, we retired to the pub. Yep. Mm. Somehow I ended up with a magic glass that stayed full, which was good because I had to handle flocks of questions as thick as Sturges, and that is thirsty work. <laughs> I guess I have a new game group and I'm gonna, that I'm going to run a one-shot for. 
I'm also going to make each one of them run for the rest of us. Yeah. That means I get to play in at least five one-shots. <laughs> Age and cunning and all of that. Mm-hmm. All the best to you, Muddy Boots in NYC. P.S. I'm ending with multiple P.S.s because that's old school Happy Jack. Yeah. <laughs> the, the podcasts are way too short, not like the old days. T.P.S. Uh. Furiosa took notes at the pub like a laser printer. I guess she's our Sam. Nice. <laughs> nice. P.P.P.S. I'm writing up a whole bunch of my horror stories. I have a lot, but I need to edit for game related as opposed to merely human horror. No hamburgers. <laughs> uh, P.P.P.P.S. Here are all the commas I left out. Comma, 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 chameleon. Damn it, Kim. I'm a stagehand, not a grammarian. Oh, beautiful. Can I just make a note? Because it's something that just. Do it. Just going to say. So, you know, just we should avoid using the term crippled um yeah. uh, you know uh and this is something that i'm new to learning is is it is considered uh offensive uh to a lot to a lot of people with disabilities uh so um you know so uh, there are other possibilities like uh um you know uh debilitated or inter- uh, I, I don't know but um yeah. Uh, destroyed. But destroyed. Hindered. But yeah, hindered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damaged. Um, yeah. But that particular word is uh, is considered offensive to a lot of people living with disability. So um, uh, I just learned this recently myself. Yep. So I, I'd like to have us all be better at that. Thank you. So. Okay. That was my. You know, that's great. Um, with this, I think this is interesting because. I kind of have done both sides of this. I'm sort of of the age bracket where I tried RPGs back in the day and then like we didn't really do a lot, but I did a lot of video game playing and then jumped into Happy Jacks and gaming all the time and watched kind of the rise of this culture where people tend to watch games be played before they play them themselves. And that has become something I do, too. Hmm. Like, when I pick up a new system or if I'm watching something and I might kickstart it, like, one of the first things I do is go and see if there's an actual play of it somewhere. And just to inform me. And I think that while that's amazing and I think it's opened up the hobby to a lot of people who weren't going to ever just find it organically without that element, it also makes people, like we said in the first email, have an idea of what gaming is Mm -hmm. and it it doesn't need to be that Mm -hmm. if you really want to have all the things or if you're really worried about playing every little rule right okay like there are people who love that play style Mm -hmm. but i think there was something kind of magical about reading a game and doing your best Mm -hmm. to follow the rules and fucking it up and realizing like two thirds of the way through that campaign, you've been doing this one thing wrong every single time, (laughs) you know, and it made you more free and less, I don't know. And maybe that was just my experience with people there. Maybe there are people who didn't experience it that way, but I feel that's something that was pretty universal. And now people see it as much more regimented. I don't know. Um, I feel like I've, uh, I've lost a lot of that um, that excitement, and I've noticed that recently. Trying to read new gaming books, mm-hmm. and I've realized, like, I, I 
I get that urge. Like I'm reading them and I want to like, oh, I wanted to just like pull this out and play it and like, let's try it. Um, but I feel this sort of intimidation, like, no, I, I don't know it well enough yet. I have to read through it all. And then I have to like run some one shots or, you know, or watch some actual plays and things like that. And, and I feel like I have kind of waned in my ability to just say like, I'm just going to pick up this game and I'm going to read it. And then I'll teach everybody else what I think I know from it. So yeah. I remember the first time, um, uh, you know, uh, it, was, it was one of my gaming groups and this was about 20 years ago or so. And, uh, and we went to the game store and saw this game called Necessary Evil. And, uh, and we were, uh, several of us were playing City of Villains at the time, which had just come out as an MMO. And, uh, and, and we were like, oh my God, it's like City of Villains, the role playing game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but none of us knew Savage Worlds. We didn't even know that it was a thing because it was still pretty recent. And mm-hmm. so, so we bought the core book and we bought the Necessary Evil setting book. And then we all went home and we, uh, and we read them and, and then got together and started playing it. And that was how I learned Savage Worlds. I think some of that's informed by the fact that we stream a lot of our games. Yeah. When you stream a game, especially if it's an indie game or small press game that people don't have a lot of access to or may not get a lot of actual Mm -hmm. plays. Yeah. Like you want to make sure you do it right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like D&D, like everybody and their mom streams D&D. So if you fuck up one role in D&D, it's not going to Hasbro's not going to (laughs) never sell another copy of D&D because you messed up that role. Right. Yeah. So I feel there's an added pressure there, but that's not the case that most people are in. Yeah. So I think playing and not being afraid of failing, like we play games that are all about like be a character, be go big. Don't be afraid to fail. That should also apply to a GM. Like, yeah. go mm-hmm. for it and and mm-hmm. enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I thought you were actually going to head a little bit of a different direction with that. I mm-hmm. thought um, a thing that I apparently can't think of anymore. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to move on to my other point. Yeah, which which is with Dungeons and Dragons because there is such a knowledge base that is now available it also feels very much like a big fuck up if you do do something wrong because right. the odds that someone is going to go, no, that rule doesn't do that and back it up in the book is a lot more invested than when we were all just yeah. reading them and trying to play mm-hmm. like, like everyone trying to play when all you had was the player's handbook because right. nobody had bought the GM's yeah. manual yeah. Yeah. or the monster <laughs> manual. Right. And you're just sort of like making up yeah. things to fight. Not everybody like had that. every, like every single frame of reference available. To right. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. So I, I think yeah. that's that's a real big big part of that. Yeah, uh, I I'm I was running a an online game for a group of kids, and there was one kid that knew every single stat block <laughs> for D and D. That you know, I mean, I mean, they, they, we were using some pretty common ones, but at the same time, you know, he would preface every statement by like. I don't want a metagame, but I'm like, okay, here's what this monster stat block is. I'm like, uh, if you don't want a metagame, you shouldn't. It's okay. Right. Um, I don't want a metagame, but I'm going to. You know, yeah. Yeah. Right. you know, and it was a fun game. They're immune to fire. Yeah. You know, uh, that was that was their way of having fun, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was being able to kind of contribute that to to the knowledge of the party. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. I thought what what kind of fascinated me was this point of gamers not having to be in the R&D phase of it, right? Which is very yeah. true 
and having uh, just so many options that it gets overwhelming or, 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 you know, the whole idea of drowning in the riches. Because what I found for the majority of gamers that I meet nowadays is it's all D&D. Mm-hmm. And they have so no much. other frame of reference out of it. So I'll, I'll start talking to them and they'll start talking. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm playing in this campaign and it's got this sort of feel and this sort of feel. And I'll say, oh, you know what? If you like that game, there's this other game. Yeah. And chances are they've never heard of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, I a friend who is, uh, um, is talking about uh, making an avatar game and was just trying to fit the avatar world, the last airbender uh, mm-hmm. world into Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. And it's like. Well, actually, there's some other systems that are going to be way more suitable yeah, for that. And yeah. now there's and there is the 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 PBTA version. There's which an is, actual avatar, and there's yeah. and there's still yeah. other systems that are better for that. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. No shade to the Avatar <laughs> Sorry, Legends I, I, game. It's a beautiful pro, you know product, but no shade. I loved it. Yeah, no, no, I ran no. it for our group. Fair. None of them were as impressed with it as I was. Everybody else, uh, everybody else was like, uh, I don't know. I was like, this is awesome. I, I'm kind of making. Yeah. My brand, the last one, I also had a yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on it. Yeah. I, I get to run it. I get to run it for a sleepaway camp for eleven Ooh. days. Oh, nice. Nice. That's, yeah, That's and fun. it will be a modified version. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> modified version. yeah. I'm gonna pare down the rules. A little yeah, bit. Wa- yeah, yeah. I wonder though, like if if the the freedom of like the quote old days like mm-hmm. came from the lack of choices. So you had yeah. like D and D and if you wanted to play Avatar the Last and Airbender, yeah. you Airbender. had to modify it. You yeah. had to homebrew it. Yeah. Now there's like so many choices. It's not right. like it's like when we had soda back in the day and you wanted like a specific taste. So you'd like take your cup and like mix different sodas uh-huh. to yeah. get uh-huh. your exact favorite yeah. cherry sprite cola flavor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And nowadays they don't have to. Right. Like, if you want to play Avatar The Last Enderbird, Airbender, <laughs> there's that specific branded system. There's also, like, five other systems that very right. easily with just, like, lore skinning Slight. can mm-hmm. play yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if it's a if it's a also because of that that people are like, oh, we have to play by the exact rules because there's not a need to force, you know, the square yeah. peg into the round hole yeah. that you mm-hmm. want to play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, if if you're not if you're not playing D and D specifically, there's not a lot of reason now to play to choose D and D as a system over other systems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, but people still do. Right. Yeah. 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 But well, again, it's, it's, it's still the, the biggest yeah. voice. It, it, it is. is. It's right. still yeah. the biggest I, voice, yeah. and, yeah. and yeah. most I think it's just a matter of experience. Yeah. You know, yeah. For most players. Let's be careful not to talk over each other. They're all very good points, but <laughs> sorry. No, it's okay. Um, right. But yeah, I, I I really liked that question. It really made me think because I had not I had not really thought about the fact that like, that that they didn't grow up with that. Yeah, yeah. So. A lot of them, a lot of people are discovering gaming by watching people do it in uh-huh. very high processed, yeah, um, like yeah. very professional streams. Yeah, and which is great and it gives them an idea of the possibilities of RPGs but it may also give them a bit of an a different I'm not going to say wrong cuz it's not wrong right yeah but a very different perspective of people who came into the hobby reading the books first mm-hmm. so it's kind of it's just a change like it's it's just going to be different yeah. if you've only ever been to the Amundsen and the Pantages it's difficult to imagine community theater right yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah very it's much a good, so yeah 
Yeah. It's a very theater oriented yeah, episode. Well, yeah, I, right. I love it. I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder what like everybody gets this these points of reference. Weird. You know? Go figure. Wild. Hmm. I mean, we're not good actors like those people at the Shakespeare Company that Adam used to play oh. at, but my lord. <laughs> I, I tell you, I'm very fortunate. I have, including Happy Jackson, oh, I have played with some of the, some of the most amazing players that are out there. And, and I will stand by this. I would put my history of gaming groups up against anybody's is like, I, like I have had privilege with my gaming companion companions. Yeah. And it's, it's something that's, it's pretty cool when I start thinking about all of them and, and thinking about the quality of all of you. Okay. Okay. Oh, you can come back next week. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> no, you know what? Um, write an yeah. email. Okay. Yeah. I will yeah. write an email. Write an email. <laughs> I think that what Adam is saying is what's elevated all those groups is him. So if you really want to elevate your, the, no, he's the common factor of all of them. I see. I mean, it does have a certain kind of logic to it. <laughs> all right. Email number three. Do you want me to read this one? Uh, Either way. Okay. Um, uh, uh, Hey, Kimmy and the esteemed lords and ladies of RPG advice goodness. Micah from Alaska again with a question about one-shot and convention games. As everyone hopefully knows by now, JackerCon, the best best three days of online gaming, (laughs) is coming up on July 22nd through the 24th. I'm hoping to run a one-shot of masks for both JackerCon and during a family vacation at the end of the month. My question for the panel is, how do you prep for one-shots in rules-light systems? With masks, it's quite possible to come up with the concept for the session during city and character generation. But I worry that without doing some form of prep ahead of time, I'll not be putting out my A game. Would it be better to come up with a strong central idea for the session, like centering the game around prom or a field trip to the moon? Or should I let the player's world building be what I build the session around? Thanks for all the good laughs and great advice. Micah from Alaska, always kinetic, uh, AK, always kinetic and nice. Call me North on the Discord. P.S. I will never stop coming up with silly acronyms for Alaska because Kimmy doesn't know her states. Ack. PPS drink. Woo-hoo. Done. Cheers. Wait, I'm just going to say, I know my states. I just don't know the, the, the little abbreviation. abbreviations for the states because I don't write letters. Yeah. Actually, I'm much better about that after doing a Kickstarter. <laughs> right. Yeah. That really improved my, yeah. my knowledge of what the abbreviations for the states were. Yeah. But still. Kimmy knows her state. She doesn't know your states. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I can, everybody can see the, the Animaniac song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, states in state. their capitals, right? Alabama, Arizona, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Connecticut, there's more, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Idaho. And, okay, no? Okay. No. Okay. okay. Good. Keep going. Okay, I don't, I think that's copyrighted. So right. Oh, that's probably right. Right. Well, no, no, I, I, think I will sing a, the whole thing right now. A, yes. I think this was a transformative work. I think so, yeah. <laughs> Wait we're, a minute. We're, we're using it for education and explanation purposes. Exactly. So yeah. there okay. is a value add. There yes. is a value right. add. Yeah. But, so I know all the states as long as i am allowed to sing and they're in alphabetical order (laughs) well and and to be honest we have a horrible system we should use three letter acronyms yeah and not two letter acronyms because we have two things that too many things begin with al yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. okay 
Yeah. Or those M states. Or yeah. in uh, or new in, new something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. So I have a very set system that I use for running con games, which I've run more con games than any type of game in any place. Mm-hmm. Like I've run dozens of con games. I've run a handful of campaigns because I don't have time in my life. So I took over this podcast. That was great. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> but for con games, I generally I absolutely suggest that you have a set through line so a concept like i really like the the prom the prom is something Mm -hmm. that is a great choice because everyone there has a point of reference for well most people have a point Mm -hmm. of reference for having gone or not having gone or went with somebody who wasn't who they wanted to go with or or watch john hughes movies yeah any of that yeah so so everyone kind of has a similar like reference point for that a field trip to the moon is super fun like that's Mm -hmm. a great thing have a strong core concept and then have um what i call modular game design Mm -hmm. so you have like the main beats of your story i generally write them out on on like index cards and then i can shift them like this will happen at this place in the story and this will happen at this place in the story and this and usually there's like four of them and the first one is set and the last one is set and all of them can move around mm-hmm. in the middle or they might skip one completely and you just bump up the ending one. Like mm-hmm. I assume if you're doing a prom one, like, OK, the big end that boss battle will happen at prom. If it's mm-hmm. not, then it, that should 100 percent be what happens. We oh, yeah. carry. That's the good idea. Yeah. Um, or Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Or Buffy the, the movie. Yeah. Yep. Detention, so detention. Um, So then you have all these basic things. So you know what is happening. And then the choices of the players dictate what order they happen in. So you have planning done. You know, okay, this is what I need. For masks, it's actually a lot easier because you don't need stats for things or anything Mm -hmm. like that. When I used to play Wild Talents, it was even more important because I know, okay, in this place, there's these things and they have stats. Um, Because you have to have that for that system. That's generally what I do. And then the other cool thing about it is you watch your time. And if you're like, oh, they're taking a really long time, then you just like eh, pull out mm-hmm. one of your three by five cards. They mm-hmm. never know it happened. They never knew it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. You want to make sure that all the cards have the information necessary to get them to the end card without, you know, it with with one missing maybe Mm -hmm. so that's generally how i run con games it's very loosely scripted it's more of an outline than you know i I get that that, i was going to say then guidelines but i'm like no they're Mm -hmm. they're guidelines exactly they're not a script so that's how i generally run rules like games um actually all one shot games Mm -hmm. i don't know anyone else so um, I think prep wise, just be ready with um, like character types or tropes. Also, yeah, you know, if you um, uh, if you want to like be able to explain the game to new players, mm-hmm. that's probably the easiest way to do it. Hey, I've got some, you know, some um, pre-generated characters. You can build your characters around them, but this will kind of give you an idea of what this game involves, mm-hmm. and that's just it, it makes it a little easier for players to absorb the material. Mm-hmm. limiting their choices like masks have a lot of playbooks Uh like take a a handful of them so everyone has like more than one choice but don't just hand them okay any playbook right you know because 
they'll just all yeah. be like, well, I want to look at all of them before I pick, and yeah. I want to do this. Oh, there's if, the other thing. Yeah, have like leading questions or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, to help yeah. players choose that game yeah. as well. PBTA yeah. is really good about kind of having that there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, masks specifically, just, you know, uh, take it. Well, they're, they're actually, you know, the, the instinct is to take out the doomed and the legacy because you just can't get into those stories really in a good way in the game however they're two of the more fun powerhouse uh tropes to play so uh, so i'm okay with leaving them in but you just want to let the players who are playing them know like hey you're you're not really going to get to the meat of what makes this really fun but if you want to be you know tough and moody and punch things like you know the doomed is still a lot of fun to play in one shot yeah um I think I think yeah. the legacy you can do more easily than yeah. the doomed because mm-hmm. yeah. a lot of it is more like story emotional yeah. Yeah. where the doomed like mechanics very much are yeah. building to a long long term yeah. story. The thing. other thing you can do is you can take the doomed and say, OK, you can play this, but you have one doom uh, mark left and you have one, uh, um, you know, one XP on your final, uh, you know, your uh, on your final uh, unlock your moment of truth. Like basically you got like. It, like you're at the end of of your doom story, right? Um, and and then the thing with like having the legacy and the doomed in there, even though the initial story idea might think you make you think you need to like take those out, the legacy gives you a single amazing good guy and a single amazing and bad guy from the doomed. You've got everything you need right there, and that leads to my primary piece of advice on running masks especially with the one shot have a really awesome hero uh that can be either likable or unlikable um and have a really awesome bat guy and and just have them in your back pocket and and kind of think of some like vagueness about them like you know maybe you've got sort of a picture of them or you've got an idea of a power set but then listen to those leading questions and uh, and then put them together uh and and basically just plug your your hero and villain into the backstory that the players come up with in the when we first came together um when i when i run masks as a one shot it is you know if it's a four-hour session i'm going to spend about uh, an hour and a half to two hours doing character creation and we tell the the story of when we first came together and a lot of times a that's so much fun that that uh, nobody thinks about how much time has passed and then basically i go right into the fight um, so, so we spend two hours building our world and building our story and how uh, all this history together. And then we have a big fight and we duke it out with the bad guy. And then the hero comes in and tells them what an awesome job they did and, and, you know, does a little reverse hero worship. And it's actually a great formula, but, uh, but it is that is spending that. a lot of time on the character creation. Um, I think that. You know, I mean, if you're going to do it that way, be very clear that you're doing it that way. Yeah. Like up front when you start, because if I went to a convention and I wanted to play masks and it ended up with that format, I'd be really annoyed. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially if you've played it a lot. Yeah. Well, you already know. Especially if I have it. Because uh, I want to play the game. Like, I don't, like... Oh, so you it, think it, about it different. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But, and like, when I've run masks at, at, for one-shots at cons, generally I have some of the world building done. I let mm. them do, like, the character connections. And I, I've gone through and uh, 
like I said earlier, kind of just cut down the number of options. Yeah. So they still have a lot of say in it. They get to flavor it, but it just doesn't take quite as long. Yeah. Um, and when I was running demigods, this is when I re- that really clicked in because I was running it at cons for Jason as like playtesting. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things where it's like you want to play it with fidelity, but you've got four hours and then your table yeah. has to go to the next game right. or lunch or whatever it is. So it's a it's a hard balance to, to figure out. Yeah. Um, but that sounds yeah. like super fun. If I knew that was happening, I think I'd be fine with that. Uh, yeah. So if you're going to run that where you're getting all the, the world creation and then just the boss fight, let them know ahead of time or, yeah. or when they're playing. Since it's Jack or Gron, you can tell them like ahead, like, hey, this is what I want to do. Do you want to do it this way mm-hmm. or do you want to do it this way? At a traditional mm-hmm. convention, you don't generally have that access to the players. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you just... But- communicate ahead of time what your plan is so that if people decide that's not what they're into, they can you know, use their time <laughs> yeah. other ways. And don't be offended if they're like, yeah, hey, right. I really wanted to like mess with right. like the interpersonal connection yeah. mechanics. And, you know, then you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. Have fun. Play another game, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think piggybacking on what you first, um, you know, suggested, Kimmy, about having a scenario that has, you know, like, pretty um specific bookends but modular scenarios mm-hmm. in between uh if you if you have a couple of different scenarios kind of in your pocket so you know you have you have scenarios that are sort of built similarly but you have one that say okay this one is the superpowered extraction you know scenario mm-hmm. this one is the superpowered sneaking around um you know or or, or the uh, i'm sorry the um the sort of 90s x-files feeling kind of scenario where you're investigating and this is this one is the 80s like roller derby scenario mm-hmm. um based on sort of how you talk to your players and as they build the world if you've got just just sort of similar similar scenarios within uh, different scenarios within the same world you can say okay you know what the way this group is forming up i'll do the stealthy one the investigative stealthy one yeah oh the way this group is, is forming up i'll do this big bombastic set piece you know, scenario mm-hmm. so on and so forth. If you're running a lot of con games, yes. Mm-hmm. If you're yeah, running yeah. one con game, I, this is the one case where I think it's okay to railroad a little bit. Like yeah. people mm-hmm. expect Agreed. it. If they're going to get a whole story in to four hours, now you have to do it with respect to their choices. Mm-hmm. If they're saying, hey, we all want to go this way, you can't be like, no, you can't go that way. It messes up the story. <laughs> right. But Like, if you have that, that's why I like this modular game design. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like when you're working with kids in a classroom and you're like, okay, you get to choose what we're going to do. You can choose this or this. Yeah. (laughs) They feel like they have a choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You picked both those choices. (laughs) Right. So they kind of have a choice, but it's more like the illusion of choice. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of what it is. So they feel empowered and... And so they're still choosing the way to go, but you're by limiting the options they have, like in a regular campaign, you're going to be like, go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in a, in a con game, you're going to be like, well, there might be at the theater or they could be mm-hmm. in the subway station. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, we're going to check this subway station. Yeah. And then they're going to be in the subway station. And if they pick the theater, they're probably have been in the theater too. Cause mm-hmm. you run a convention game different. Mm-hmm. than you do a, a campaign yeah because yeah. if they don't get there you can just meet again next week or yeah. 
six months from now, you know, if you have a regular gaming group, because that's how often regular gaming groups meet. <laughs> <laughs> what? Shh, we're trying to encourage people. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Truth. Um, but you really want to have a satisfying story in that four hours. And, it, yeah. mm-hmm. and people realize it's a different scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I am huge on sandbox games when it comes to campaigns. But people who come to my table and play at my table at a convention game, they know it's going to be a little different. Like, mm-hmm. this is convention one-shot Kimmy, not sandbox go anywhere mm-hmm. Kimmy yeah. from, like, campaigns. Yeah. And if they're new players, too, you know, and you're going to be their first frame of reference, you can let a lot of the pressure off yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, just think of your story beats, let, let see how their decisions work within those story beats, and yeah, have a fun time, run a fun game, mm-hmm. and they're... You know, they're never going to know how the sausage is made. Right. And reminder, even though it's a four-hour game, if you get stumped, you can still call a bathroom break. (laughs) Yep. Body break. Oh, this is a great time for a little bio. Uh, Meet back here in (laughs) ten minutes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I... Then you go in the other room and go, fuck, 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 yeah, fuck, fuck. Yeah. Other GMs. Yeah. What do I do? <laughs> That's the one benefit of online gaming. You can, like, turn off your camera for a minute and, like, Google stuff and find yeah, ideas. Yeah, yeah, where, like, yeah. at a regular con, you're, like, sitting in the bathroom stall, like, scrolling on your phone, trying to come up with yeah. what you want them to do next. Yeah. 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 If you have other gamers, you can open up a text and be yeah. like, right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. what's happening? I, I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I'm kind of... The thing with me is like when I'm when I'm doing conventions, I usually will only do the the games that I know that I can pull out of a moment's notice. And that is for me, that is masks, Star Trek, Star Wars and uh, and uh, Good Society. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, um, it, it like if you if you ask me to come up with a superhero story on the fly or a Star Wars uh, plot on the fly like i got it you tell me who your characters are i'm going to ask you a question about each of you and then and then i'm going to go i don't even write sexy goblin question mark uh, <laughs> you know like it, like i don't need it for those and so yeah. those are the only things i generally will run as a convention kind of one shot thing yeah uh because i know i don't have to prep yeah. and so that's so, helpful yeah and, and yeah. to me it's like you know it, it, I, I just I know those genres and I know that I'm going to come up with something and I have confidence in in what I know uh, is my ability in that state. Um, but uh, but, you know, if if I were to do any prep on a game, so, you know, <laughs> I don't usually prep any game, um, but generally, you know, what what I will do is I it, try to get good at those leading questions. And that's why I like the masks how we first came together yeah. so much. I love that, uh, you know, have your Decima deck. Mm-hmm. No, and Don't pull out Decima if you've got a four. Black- is, I disagree. Yeah. Pull, okay. out, pull out Decima, give them one question each. Mm-hmm. And just from the relationships would be my choice. It just but Mask has sense. that already. Well, Mask has it already. Yeah. But if you're playing a game that doesn't have it built yeah. in like Mask, okay. um, you know, or yeah. Demigods, um, then... Like kid, the Kids On series. That's helpful. Right, yeah, yes. yeah. Or, you know, have a deck of a deck, jot down some, uh, you know, some of the questions from Quiet Year or Mask, Demigods, etc. Have those ready. Ask each person one leading question about their character. And then, and then 
find the tension in there. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. where the story is, is in the tension. The connection between yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. And one last thing real quick, and I know we got to wrap it up, but, um, but if you're going to Jack or Con, uh, and you get a chance to play with Micah. Um, uh, Micah can run a fucking mask game. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you, she ran all through pandemic for some of us and, uh, what an incredible masks GM. So if you want to find out how to play masks, it doesn't matter what she learns from this. Uh, yeah. go play with Micah, please. Um, yeah, yeah. I feel totally. like this is like a pity email from her. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, they need a softball. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm an amazing mask. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll give I'll give them this yeah. topic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thank you for also we an excellent you. flirt. So flirt, <laughs> flirt with NPCs so you can flirt with Micah. Yes, <laughs> a lot of fun. All right. Uh, yeah, we're at an hour and a half. Woo! Longest Woo! episode in. Quite some time. Well, well I think I we're longer. inspired, like the old, the old days. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. I got another two hours of commentary. Yeah, a long episode was in vogue. Don't tempt them. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for season thirty, episode fourteen of the Happy Jacks RPG podcast. Thank you to our chat mod James V, and to our amazing Patreons who keep us ad free and independent. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to um, happyjacks.org slash Patreon. It'll take you and you can check it out there. We also show all their names at the end of the show. Um, and don't forget, Jackercon, as we just talked about, is July 22nd. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. I was a little late on my keyboard. It was my fault. I should have waited. <laughs> so just in case, Jackercon <laughs> is happening July 22nd through the 24th. Yes. Okay. And, uh, yeah, go sign up. You can go to happyjacks.org slash JC. And today we're going to leave you with a song. It's called The Bird Song, um, which is a cool take on a traditional song. Not <laughs> not that bird. Not, not flipping the bird. <laughs> and it's by the Merry Wives of Windsor. And my name is Kimmy. You can find me here at Happy Jacks all the time. And you can find the games that I write at goldenlassogames.com. And I'm Golden Lasso Girl pretty much everywhere. Hey, I'm Nick. Uh, you can find me online at SunGrowler on Twitter and Instagram. Don't follow me on Instagram because I don't post anything there. But you can follow me if you want to add to your account. Uh, I will be here on CastOff starting in about a week. A week and a day. A week and a day. A week and a day. Ooh, how, how thematic. Uh, so, you know, join us if you like that show or watch later or don't. Do. Please do. Oh, yeah. please, please do. Sorry. Please. Yeah, totally do. Uh, hi everybody, I'm Jay, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at JayAfrica or on Instagram at TransplantAsian. Uh, you can also see me here on Happy Jacks every Wednesday, uh, I wrote the time down, <laughs> at 7pm Pacific uh, on Hexbreakers, a Kids on, Broom, a Kids on Brooms actual play. Yep. Uh, hi, I'm Adam. Uh, I'm at Hubuck, H-O-O-B-U-K, uh, on Twitter and Instagram. My Twitter is like Nick's Instagram. You can follow me, but I don't post anything on it except for like sharing from Facebook to Twitter. Um, so, but, uh, Instagram, if you like cats, uh, art, uh, native issues, politics, uh, theater or unions, uh, then, um, you might want to follow me. Um, uh, I post some cool stuff sometimes. Um, and uh, then I'm here on, uh, Hexbreakers every Wednesday and I'm, uh, in development to, uh, start an actual play that's probably going to de- debut later this year, um, on Emporium for the Wayward Gamer. 
Cool. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. Awesome. So new group I'm going to try out. So nice. hopefully my record for awesome people to game with holds up. No. They won't be as awesome as us, no. obviously. Never. I'm just kidding. I'm just, I, I'm just yeah, but, but we're below the hierarchy. Of yeah, the, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're not up to the Shakespeare Festival <laughs> level. Utah shakes, you know. All right. Thank you all, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Product of the Happy Jacks RPG Network. The Mary Sue's performed our intro music, and our ending song is played with the express permission of the artist. Visit happyjacks.org for more information and to find all our streams and podcasts.